0: Welcome to Skin Care Moxie, the podcast to educate, inform, and empower you to care for and love the skin you're in. Presented by The A-Method, the medical-grade skincare brand co-founded by Induction Therapy CEO, Angelia Insco in collaboration with renowned cosmetic dermatologist, Dr. Tina Alster. Welcome back, listeners. I'm Kelly Fletcher, co-host of Skin Care Moxie. Think of me as your skincare detective, interviewing an expert and trying to understand which ingredients work and how we can best spend our valuable time and money. I'm happy to welcome back my co-host, Angelia Ensco, co-founder of the A-Method medical-grade skincare brand and CEO of Induction Therapies. Angelia, congratulations again on taking the leap to start this podcast. It's been great to kick off skincare moxie with you and to get such positive feedback. And this is our fourth episode. And listeners, please check out our introductory episode if you've not had a chance to hear it yet. Our first conversation with Angelia framed the vision for this podcast, Skincare Moxie, and how our ongoing dialogue will uncover insights about medical-grade skincare. Welcome back, Angelia, to your podcast, Skincare Moxie.
1: <laughs> Thanks so much, Kelly. It's terrific to continue the conversation, and today's topic is right up the alley of many consumers questions and concerns when it comes to skincare trends
0: that's so true few buzzwords have made the rounds in beauty and wellness magazines and in online communities quite like acids everything from lactic to exorbic to citric to more than a dozen others that i pretty much have uh, trouble pronouncing and of course angelia your own skincare line the a method is a dermatological brand That is paraben-free, colorant-free, free free of gluten, and animal cruelty free as well as vegan. And the idea there is that the A-Method brings skincare moxie with a real purity to its ingredients and to its research and development.
1: Yes, Kelly, that's accurate. We've invested significantly in making sure that we deliver on these important values and our products reflect it. And you're also right. Customers have tons of questions about this whole acid trip thing, like, What exactly are these acids used in skincare? Which ones are good? Which ones are questionable? What are they for and what do they really do? And how much is too much? And so I'm glad we're going to dive into this chat because it's important for customers to have the right information.
0: I'm glad too, because you're absolutely on target with so many consumers are asking about right now. And that's why we've titled this episode of the Skincare Moxie podcast, should your skin be tripping on acid? <laughs> it's, it's a humorous take on a line from popular culture that it's actually quite a serious conversation about the importance of knowing what precise ingredients are in a skincare line before you start using it, and that's the first issue. The second issue is what skincare acid should be considered when starting a new regimen or when you take a new look at the regimen you're already on, or you've been on possibly for years. So let's dive right into it, Angelia. First, let's take it at a high level. What are acids in general when it comes to skincare? Are there some universal characteristics that are fairly consistent about what acids are and what they do for your skin?
1: So Kelly, let's take it by category. And there's really like a couple of categories of acids that everybody maybe hears about. Even when you go into like, you know, your general retail stores, you might see these labeled on some products. And that is AHAs, which are alpha hydroxy acids, and BHAs, which are beta hydroxy acids. So what are the difference in those acids is um, a beta hydroxy acid is a carbolic acid group with one hydroxy function uh, molecule, carbon atom, and actually two carbon atoms, and alpha hydroxy acid has one carbon atom. And then we're going to talk about TCA, which has three carbon atoms. So those are kind of the differences some of the categories we're going to be talking about today.
0: So, okay, I'm not going to, I don't want to be a spoiler alert, but it sounds like TCA might be the way to go just from hearing how many carbon atoms it has. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that. You know, Angelia, one thing I've always admired about you is how much you connect with consumers one-on-one. And part of that connection is having real conversation with customers of the A method. So my next question is, when you were out there having those conversations, what are the biggest misconceptions you encounter from consumers on the subject of acids for skincare? Do you think there's a lot of misinformation out there? Which I'll double down on the play on words and call it acid washing.
1: Oh, I love that, Kelly. (laughs) Great play on words. So I think that there's just a lack of understanding what acids work for what and what level of acid you have to have in a product for it to be effective and then how the ph level affects that so and i'd like to go into that like a, a little bit here kelly because okay. one of the things about acids are they're very much affected by the ph so meaning that then that every time you look at a product and it says for instance let's take a product that said it has 10% glycolic acid in it but if the ph is 3.8 Then it's only 50% active, which means it only has 5% glycolic acid in it. Now, if that 10% glycolic acid or any other glycolic acid at whatever level it says it is, is a pH of two, then it really is that active of let's say if it's 10%, then it would be 10%. But once you start raising the pH, it buffers down the acid so it isn't as active. And that's how people think sometimes they're getting a product that works a lot more aggressively than what it does. And you know, So when we buffer it down with the pH, then it's not near as irritating to your skin. So a customer might be out there thinking, oh, I'm using 10% acid and I'm not getting, you know, any irritation from it. But really it's because the pH is higher. And that's where it comes to the skincare products that you're buying over the counter at places like Sephora or Target or Walgreens or whatever. They have higher level pHs on them than your medical grade skincare products do.
0: So are you saying that you should look for a pH of below three? Or below two?
1: The closer you can tolerate it to two is better. If you're getting some irritation, you wanted to, you know, have a a three pH. Okay. But ideally what you want to do is just start out at a lower level of glycolic acid and go through a round of two or whatever, you know, cream that is, and then go to a higher level of glycolic acid. So where you're kind of acclimating and then you continue to go up because the higher levels you get, the more it's doing in your skin. For instance, when we get up to like 15% glycolic acid, we're actually working with pigmentation. And uh, anything over 10, we're getting collagen degradation. So the higher it is, the more benefits we're going to get from that acid. But it is a little harder to tolerate at those higher levels, and you have to acclimate to it.
0: Okay. So... Let me break this down and make sure I understand because I feel like I'm the one here that gets to break it down into layman's terms so everybody out there can understand what your chemistry brain is talking about. So step one is we need to start with a lower percentage of acid and work our way up to 15% or more. And when we get to around 15% acid, it's going to start helping with brown spots and hyperpigmentation, and we call them age spots sometimes. Okay, I get that. So you got to start lower and work your way up so your skin can tolerate it over time. and then we should start looking for lower pH. Is that something that is indicated on typically indicated on skincare product labels?
1: No so see
0: that's this is where this whole industry just. Gets really confusing, and, it, and because it's so unregulated, it's really difficult to know what to look for and know what it means, what the labels actually mean. Which is the reason that we started this podcast is to try to arm arm our listeners with this knowledge so they can make better, wiser decisions. So, so say somebody isn't going to buy your product, Angelia, but they're just still going to go back to wherever they normally go what would you tell them to look for on the label?
1: You can't look for anything that's going to tell you the pH, first of all. Okay. That's where it comes to. If you are you know, going to some medical clinic, skincare facility to get your products, and you should be able to ask them and they should know. And if they don't know, they should be able to contact their manufacturer and find out, or that's just not going to happen in a retail location. But- Let me just help you out and tell you that anything you're getting over the counter on those shelves, the pH is high.
0: Okay. And that's a money thing probably, right? Because it's more, the higher the acid in the ingredients, the higher percentage, the more expensive it is to make it. No, that is not the case.
1: The the reason they raise the pH is so it doesn't irritate you and you don't return it because they don't want returns. And if you start getting returns and you don't have anybody to go to like your dermatologist or your esthetician to ask about it, who can tell you, yeah, that's kind of normal, that irritation, and we want it, and that's going to get you uh, nice glowing new skin cells to the surface, then then they're going to work you through it and handhold you. But at a retail location, that's not going to happen. And if they get those returns, then they have to eat those and they don't want that.
0: No, they have to toss it because yep. obviously it's yeah. Wow. So they use all
1: the right buzzwords, okay? They put it in there, they use the right buzzwords, but they don't give you the active ingredients really
0: hmm. Is this another one of those situations where you could buy it over the counter off the shelf, so to speak, in a in a retail store and you're going to get a little bit of results, but it's going to take you like a million years to get where you want to get with your skin?
1: Well, and it may not take you a million years to get to where you want to get with your skin, depending on what the issue is. So, you know, I always love it when somebody says, well, I use this and um, it's helped me. But. I'm sorry, but you were using zest soap before and Pond's cold cream. So now you started using something that had a little acid in it and a little retinol. Yeah, you're going to see improvements, but you're really going to see improvements when you get real active ingredients in there at medical grade levels. Okay. So
0: tell our listeners about the acids that are found or not found in the A-method product line and why.
1: So, well, I think we may be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Let me talk to you about two other acids really quick, Kelly, before we do that. Because there's also beta-hydroxy acids. So beta-hydroxy acid, the main one is salicylic acid, and beta-hydroxy acid is oil-soluble. So salicylic acid comes from a willow tree bark. It's the same derivative of where aspirin comes from. And because it's oil-soluble, it works really well for oily, blemish-prone skin. Okay? And then there's a lot of alpha hydroxy acids, which we talk about. Glycolic acid can come from sugar cane and there's malic acid, which can come from blackberries and blueberries, phytic acid, which comes from like almonds and then mandelic acid, which also can come from almonds. And then peruvic acid, which comes from apples and wine and lactic acid, which comes from fermented foods. So there's all in that group. And then the interesting part is you take TCA and it works. Like salicylic acid or beta hydroxy acids, acids and alpha hydroxy acids put together, so you get the benefits of both when you use TCA. To go another step further is three percent TCA is as effective as a twenty percent AHA at full potency. So you don't get near the irritation and all the benefits if you're using TCA, and that's mainly what we focus on in the A method. But I will tell you, I want to say this. Those other acids get you results. A lot of people don't use TCA and I don't know why, because I find that you get better results with less irritation. And that's what we want to do.
0: And remind me, what does TCA stand for again?
1: Trichlorosidic acid.
0: Okay. And it's the combination
1: of which two acid groups? Okay. So it's not a combination, but it works like both of those together. Instead of like alpha hydroxy works like alpha hydroxy Beta hydroxy works like beta hydroxy, but trichloric acid works like both together.
0: Got it. So I'm assuming that, well, and I, I know this, that TCA is in a lot of the A method products. Yes. So would you say that is the golden standard when it comes to acid, would be TCA?
1: For me, it is.
0: Okay. What other acids are in A method products that may not have TCA? And what would be the difference?
1: So we do have some salicylic acid in like the ZIP treatment. And that's, like I said, it's for oily blemish prone skin. And we do have some AHA acids in the cleansers, but that's really, you know, about it. Mm -hmm. Also, we work, you know, like I said, with retinols and of course, l ascorbic acid, which is vitamin C.
0: Gotcha. So... What about the issue of too much of a good thing? Because we talk about a lot of different products on here. We've talked about how many products to use, how to layer the products, and we're going to continue to get in that more over time. There's so much ground to cover here when it comes to skincare products. And as we mentioned before, much of the skincare product industry is unregulated. And so consumers really have to take control, and you, know, you have to teach yourself and take a knowledge based approach to making skincare product decisions. To that point, do other skincare brands overdo it with the level of certain acids in their products or can consumers overdo it themselves in how much or how often you use a certain product where you could actually do harm instead of helping your skin?
1: So I think other skincare brands do not overdo it. There are some brands out there who have higher level of acids in them, but to say that they usually start out with lower levels and allow yourself to step up. So I don't think they're overdoing it. When is it that a customer could be overdoing it? I think there's two categories there. One, when they've been given so much that they just like to throw their hands up in the air and go, I can't do all this. That's overdoing it, first of all. Okay, and the other is when they're using so much acid that it's too irritating to their skin and their skin's being irritated all the time, then you need to back back down and use a lower amount till you acclimate to using higher amounts.
0: Okay, we also have talked on this podcast about trends and fads in skincare products and ingredients have acids in skincare been around for a long time or is this another passing trend
1: This is not a trend. Acids in skincare have been around for as long as medical grade skincare has been out. They're really some of the original molecules that was worked with um uh, on skin. So,
0: we talk about medical grade skincare on the podcast, but I'm not sure I've ever asked you, can you explain to our listeners The difference between just general skincare products and medical grade skincare products.
1: So, the best way I know how to explain it where people understand is going back to our original podcast skin is your largest organ. When you change the function of an organ, you consider that a medical grade, a medical situation, because it's an organ of your body that we're treating and we're changing the function of it. So when we get at high enough levels of active ingredients to change the function of that organ, it's medical grade.
0: Okay. I got it. And I can tell you there is a huge difference because when I went on medical grade skincare, when I guess I was in my late thirties, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I hated it because my skin was more red and it was peeling and i had to get used to it i had to get over that the bad part where you know when you first start out and you get more irritation and you get more peeling and just stick with it just like we've talked about before it's like a diet you know if you if you don't stick with it and keep moving forward you're not going to get the results you want but then when i got over that hump and really started to see the results I, i was like okay it's worth it i get what medical grade skincare is now I get what the benefits are. I can't go back to just buying stuff at the, at the pharmacy or drugstore counter or whatever. So there's always my favorite moment of this show when I get to ask you, what is your favorite product of the moment?
1: TCA retexturizing.
0: TCA retexturizing, yeah. I and one that. reason
1: I like that product is it has TCA and it has retinol in it. And A-Method has the only stabilized one on the market. So you're getting your retinoid and your TCA. And I like any product that I can get effective treatment in one product. So I'm not having to buy multiple products and I'm not having to layer multiple products. Keep it simple.
0: Right. And talk about stabilization. I believe we talked about that on the last podcast. But if some of our listeners haven't been listening, um, stabilization is something that you talk about a lot that I never really even thought about until you educated me.
1: So stabilization comes in a couple of ways. One is that we're combining these products together and they're not breaking down. In other words, you're getting them, they're not separated and all of that. But two, it's stabilizing it in a way that keeps the active ingredients active.
0: This conversation is definitely taking acid washing out of the spin cycle. I just have to get in a few puns today. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're on it, Kelly. I'm on it. it. Uh, So to help our listeners learn the real facts and truth about better and safer skincare. And now for the moment I always love on the show as well is when I get to say, listeners, Angelia has agreed that it is perfectly fine for you to email her personally with your skincare questions. And if you need help getting on a regimen, she will help recommend what products you need to do. If you just give her a little background information, what type of skin you have and what results you're looking for, whether it's anti-aging or um, collagen production or hyperpigmentation or acne, she can help you out with that. So if you want to email her, it's Angelia, A-N-G-E-L-I-A, at theamethod.com. Also, if you will go to theamethod.com and subscribe to the podcast in the upper right corner of the homepage, there's a subscribe button. If you subscribe to the podcast there, you will receive in your email box... Uh, 20% off one-time discount code. So if you decide to get on a regimen, you know, hang on to that so you can get 20% off that entire regimen, um, you know, multiple products to get you started. That's so generous of you all, Angelia, to do that at The A Method.
1: Our pleasure, Kelly.
0: Next week, we're going to be talking about vitamin C. And I'm excited about that because I have been using the vitamin C product the 20 vitamin c so we're going to talk about that and also maybe a new product that you have coming out in the vitamin c realm so to our listeners don't forget to follow the skincare moxie podcast and social media by following the a method on facebook and the a method at the a method on instagram you can also follow the hashtag skincare moxie and remember moxie is spelled m-o-x-i-e we look forward to being here with you again next wednesday special thanks to our sound engineer, Chris Hill of Knoxville, Tennessee-based HumblePod at HumblePod.com. Thanks, everyone. Until next time.